Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I am your host, Nick. I'm Matt. And we are here to choose a random monster manual and a random page from that monster manual and discuss that monster. This week, I am going to lead the discussion with Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 Monster Manual number 2. And I have opened it up to page 122, and you can follow along at home. And uh, this one, Matt, I, I don't think you're, I don't, I, I wouldn't get it. I know for sure I wouldn't get it. I'm not sure you would get it. If you're not going to get it, I probably won't either. Uh, we'll start with a little bit of the reading and see, see if you, see if it rings any bells. Prized pets and dedicated guard animals, the shape-shifting creatures are found among many civilized societies. Most of these unusual creatures are domesticated, so it is rare to see one in the wild. The mutable nature of this creature allows it to take on a wide variety of animal forms, though its preferred form is its natural one, that of an oversized blue-gray house cat. Yeah, uh, I I don't have a thing. Do you know the Dresden Files? No, I do not. Okay, then that is the only thing that I have for a clue. For those of you listening at home, the Dresden Dresden Files, the character Malk, the the great big cat that one of the fairy queens sends to Harry, I think, to get him through the underground fairy sit- passages in like under Chicago, I think something along those lines. It's been a while since I've listened to him. And I'm sure, oh, no, Cable's ship. Oh. <laughs> now it's on the tip of my tongue. Malk is in the name, M-A-L-K. And a color. Gray Malkin? Gray Malkin, yep. Yep. This one is pronounced Grimalkin. Um, it's G-R-I-M. That's, but, uh, yeah, that's interesting open. considering the fact that Cable's ship is based on, it's named for where Xavier's school is. Really? Gray Malkin Lane is the address. Oh, in Westchester County. Westchester County, huh. yeah. I didn't know that part. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. The Grimalkin is a medium-sized, which is really big for a cat, medium-sized shape changer has a challenge rating of two, usually neutral, has the improved initiative feat, special qualities, empathy, and polymorph. Uh, When they are feeling playful, a Grimalkin performs for its master by changing into amusing or beguiling forms. It adopts a more threatening form when defending itself from an attack. It bonds with one master and remains his or her loyal companion for life. Its personality is extremely malleable, and over time the Grimalkin takes on a disposition similar to that of its owner. They speak common, they're chatty creatures, and never know when to keep quiet. Interesting. Oh, empathy is an actual ability. They can detect surface emotions of any creature within 50 feet that it can see. Can sense basic needs, drives, and emotions, but not thoughts. Is it possible, and I don't know the series very well, I know you do, that the lion cat from Saga is mm. at least loosely based on 
I wouldn't be surprised. We haven't we haven't caught up with reading it yet. Yeah. But to know that it's lying. I don't know. It's hard to know the source material for sure. those. Like they're just so brilliant and beautiful and amazing and you just pull I, from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're so good. So Grimalkin. It's a challenge too. So it's a it does forty it has forty eight hit dice, average of eighteen. Let's see. Has a claw attack of one D one D four minus one and a bite attack of one D six minus one. Hmm. Never heard of minuses before. And it can polymorph Oh, only itself. Cannot cannot polymorph anyone else. I guess that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting. A Grimalkin changes its shape each round during a battle to confuse its foes. This makes it very difficult to adopt any sort of strategy for fighting it. A Grimalkin fights to the death when defending its master, though it is quite willing to flee a battle that is going badly for it while it is alone. I think they're cool. They are pretty cool critters. I guess the question becomes when when it polymorphs into something else, does it keep the claw and the bite attack? Mm. It may take the form of any medium-sized or smaller animal, beast, or vermin, but does not regain hit points when changing. I'm assuming you would go with the new stats. Okay. Right? Yeah, and just keep your health pool. Um, so you want it, you would, certainly as the DM, you would want that all laid out ahead of time yeah. of what can be polymorphed, like what your medium creatures are or whatever, just so you don't have to scramble yeah, you would just have a list of yeah of something for sure. Yeah, huh. pretty cool for a familiar. Yep, a wizard's familiar yeah, just a for sure. Character. Yep, yep. The the snarf of the group. Yep. Cert. Well, if you're playing a tiny uh, like a a weenie creatures campaign, I could see it as a playable character. That'd be kind of cool. Like if you're playing like um. A, a red wall campaign or the, yep. what's the the mouse one there's a mu- mouse guard or mouse the, guard that's yeah, what i was yeah. thinking yeah yeah something like that yeah um, i could see that as as something some kind of playable character or a more substantial enemy than you would oh yeah than you would right. face if you were you know yeah like humans and orcs and all that yeah kind of good stuff. point they that that's your dragon essentially sure yeah sure if you're playing mice or rats or anything that I mean, it's it's kind of a small, it's kind of a small bit uh, block here. There's not a whole lot to yeah. it. Oh, and by one page, we just missed the grell. That would have been a good one to talk about. I think it has a lot more potential as a uh, an animal companion for like a ranger or a druid, though. Just be oh, based interesting. on the the shape changing ability, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have just a you know, a regular cat or a, a even a bear or something along those yeah. lines. If you can change into a bear, a medium, it have to be medium sized. Yeah. yeah, but um, um, something along that. But it can go smaller, so you you can talk to this companion and say, "Hey, turn into a mouse and go look in there," or yeah. even an insect. I think it said, "So turn into a cockroach and, and climb in exactly. there." Like. That's pretty handy. That's a great yeah. ranger companion. Yeah. For it, sure. Especially because it is, I mean, they're all sentient, but it's all, it's um, more aware, I guess, than your standard animal companion that 
you have to teach come and stay right. and attack. Like this one, you can just speak to, presumably. Yeah. Depending on how benevolent your DM is. It's essentially, well, I mean, it says it speaks common. Yeah. Or, yeah, they do speak common and they're chatty. So it's it's the difference between an animal companion slash familiar where you can like kind of communicate, you know, yeah. you can get the gist across, and an awakened familiar. Like this this yep. this is an awakened cat, essentially. Yep. That makes um, sense. And and yeah, this this could make playing a ranger worth it, <laughs> to be honest. Especially if you if you plan to not if you plan to have your your companion as utility, not just a tank or another yep. weapon, yep. you know, if you plan your build around doing your own DPS yeah. and use this guy as, I mean, if if you if he's nothing else, like have him turn into a crocodile and and fight or something, I don't know, but he's 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 more your Swiss Army knife, true for sure. I think it would especially come in handy with like a druid character where you can really, you know, you're the ranger has a lot of uh, abilities in his own right, survival and fighting and whatnot, mm-hmm. things like that, where a druid being more magic-based, you could use stealth and whatnot with your familiar or animal companion, however you want to. Oh, so you're saying... As a compliment. Right, as opposed to they, and, the, the Venn diagram of the ranger and the Grimalkin, there's too much overlap. There's Yeah, there's a there's lot of overlap. There's a lot of overlap. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Ultimately, I I reckon it depends on your party makeup, you know. Of course. If you got a rogue, you you spec your ranger differently, you yep. know, that kind of stuff. But he's I mean, but even for a wizard, even for true for a familiar. familiar. Yeah. Um I'm not sure. I mean, I at least in 5e there's like a specific list of of animals that you can have as a familiar. Yeah. If you're um if your DM is is awesomely benevolent, and and they let you get away with this, like that's yep. uh, again, that's but even for that, that's more Swiss Army for mm-hmm. a wizard, you know? Absolutely, because you're you're not you're not necessarily stealthing as a wizard. You're not sneaking or spying. I guess there are wizards don't technically, not technically, wizards don't generally have the. The spying spells and the and stuff yep. like that. So, so it, it is. It is certainly more of a compliment to the wizard. Yep. I just like the idea of it going to the ranger. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be an interesting way to incorporate a almost a special guest in your game, mm-hmm. someone that maybe isn't there all the time, but when they are. Instead of just random character A or random character B, you get to play the Grimalkin. Here's mm. your stat block. Here's your yeah, you know, and then you can because it can speak and and actually interact. Like you can be a a member of the party. Yeah, so it might be an interesting way to to do that as well. Now, would you have the Grimalkin be even when that player's not there, be in the party, or is it tied to something? some organization or some like the benefactor of this this party whatever so it can come and go and get involved only in special instances um i mean if that's the case you could play anything yeah you could just yeah i would i think a lot of it would determine 
the individual's availability or maybe mm-hmm. if it's just a part or a game where you have multiple people that you know will drop in and out then this can be kind of the the blanket character that can do mm-hmm. that but i can easily see it where it's always there and it's always useful and utilized by the ranger or the druid or whoever mm-hmm. but it's not maybe not necessarily as uh, interactive in those instances hmm. or because it, it would fall on the dm i would assume yeah so would you as the dm knowing that that player is coming in to play the grimalkin for that session yep. would you design that session to be more grimalkin heavy or necessary you know would you make would you kind of shine the light a little bit more on the grimalkin for that that moment i don't know if i would necessarily shine the light but i would make sure that there's enough there where the Grimalkin feels like a member of the party and not just a, a supporting character. I'm I'm thinking just just narratively to for it to make sense that he is somehow more involved. more involved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can yeah, I can definitely see that as well. There's some, you know, maybe uh, uh there's a um a threat to his master or something like that. Mm. So you would the nature of the beast, so to speak, is to be very protective and and very involved when that comes. So maybe we, you you make the that session ranger heavy, or it, mm-hmm. the the story kind of goes down that road for for a session as opposed yeah. to involving everyone equally. Okay, yeah, and the way that I have had as a player campaigns go and the way that I like to, to try to make campaigns run as, as a DM is everybody gets a little bit of spotlight. Yep. Even if it's a couple of sessions down the road, you know, you focus on their story and then you, 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 everybody gets their turn essentially. Yep. So what happens if you're not in the ranger portion of that storytelling, you know, yep. and they're, they're, playing more back on the 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 sidelines yeah yeah it would be um just kind of trying to balance that out but yeah um yeah i that is you could you could certainly make challenges or choose enemies that fit with the ranger regardless of the story going on around it if you're in a battle or if you need to uh, sneak through the woods or whatever you know that exactly that works yeah you maybe it's more of a terrain thing so you're mm-hmm. you're not in a dungeon in that mm-hmm. particular one it's uh, or or um favorite enemy yeah you know that too yeah you know unless un- unless you're in the situation where their favorite enemy there's just like no way their favorite enemy is going to be and that's that's the thing that i always that always turned me off from Ranger is choosing that that favorite enemy. It's so specific. And I, I totally get it. I understand the mechanics behind it. I understand that it would be very specific in terms of the, the character. Yep. But it feels like such a wasted... Ability. Ability. Yeah. Because how do I know... Yep. ...what I'm going to get? Yeah. Uh, the... I was listening to the Glass Cannon podcast, mm-hmm. and early, early on, one of the characters was a ranger, 
and the campaign they're running is the Giant Slayer. So his first one was a giant, or first favorite enemy was a well, giant. Well, yeah, that would make sense. Makes sense. Yeah. But he gets a second favorite enemy, at, I think it's like fourth level or something like yeah. that. And he chose, I think, like undead or something like that. Assuming that they were going to see some undead because they were D&D. going into a certain area. Oh, yeah, that too. Except they didn't. Yeah. And they never did. Yeah. So yeah. it was a complete waste yeah. of of a, a spec, basically. But what, did they see other stuff that he could have done? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, orcs or what, you know, other... Yeah. Goblinoids and orcs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. even humanoid. But humanoid is such a... Like, what falls under humanoid, though? No, absolutely. Is it anything bipedal, or is it... Humans, elves, dwarves, halflings, gnomes, orcs, goblins... No, goblins, goblin... Goblins... Hobgoblins. Hobgoblins, and... There's one more. Falls under goblinoid. Yeah, it's so goblins, hobgoblins. So small and so specific remember. in certain yeah. areas that it just seems silly to especially something like that. You have unless you know that you are going to see, you know, an army of goblins. Right. Why would that ever be your favorite enemy? Yeah. 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 And if it if it's in your backstory, great, but I would rather know ahead of time and tweak my backstory to that. Correct. But it's 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 just one of those few things in D&D where it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. And it's the onus is on the DM to try to make it work. Yep. Yeah, except if you're not doing a homebrew, True. then what choice do you have? Unless but you... if you're not doing a homebrew, you generally know... At least a little bit what you're looking forward well, to. Yeah, the case in point is that yeah. that glass cannon one where he knew he was going to face giants, so that was yeah. great. He assumed he was going to face undead, and he just he didn't. And it wasn't any fault of the GMs at that point yeah. either. It was yeah. just this is what was in the book, and he could throw a, a flavor zombie in there if he wanted, but yeah. at that point, why bother? Yeah, yeah, just for... Oh, God, I didn't even know what favorite enemy does. You get advantage on... Attack rolls, or I yeah. haven't. Played I think a in Ranger. Pathfinder, it was like plus two to attack, or oh, something yeah. like yeah. something like that. Since they don't really use advantage, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Something, something along those lines. Mm. So it's it's a pretty decent bump, but it's yeah. If you're just guessing and you're never going to see it, then yeah. You know. That being said, the. It's only a plus two to a very specific thing. Oh, yeah. Like you said, unless you're going in and fighting an army. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Like, is it is it that much of a loss? And that's that's the other thing. Like. If I'm not that upset about losing it, (laughs) is it really worth it? it. It's the same thing. Favorite enemy, favorite terrain. Like, okay, so you forgot about that. Yeah. Okay, mountains are great, but we're now in a dungeon for yeah. eight sessions. So yeah, right, you, right. Whatever you put into that, you're now losing. Mm-hmm. So I right. completely understand your ire for the ranger character um, or the ranger class. Right. That being said, the the fact that, you know, if you have a benevolent DM, that you can have a Grimalkin as your animal companion is a really cool way to 
get around that, I guess you yeah. could say. To balance some to balance crap. Yeah. yeah. Going back to favorite enemy and favorite terrain, how do you do those have to be synergistic? Like you can't say giants and cities, you know. Can you? I mean, I technically I think I mean you, you can. Could. But I think anyone that is going that is a halfway decent role player will realize that mm-hmm. you know if your favorite enemy is a giant, your favorite terrain is probably going to be mountains or yeah something something where right. a giant would reside. Right. Figure out. I'll give you. I'll give you the whole class of giants, but you got to tell me why your favorite enemy is a giant. Yep. Which therefore means you have to choose which kind of giant. I'm assuming. And that lands you on your terrain. Yeah. Unless somehow you can explain away giants and cities. Sure. Because favored ter- or favored enemy isn't just like, oh, a giant killed my mom. It's like you've been hunting giants exactly. for a long time. Yep. You you know what they do. You know how they, they act. That's why you have advantage. That's yeah. why you have that bonus. However, the giant killed my mom could be the inciting incident why your why the giant is your favorite enemy. Like the oh, giant sure, yeah. you, it's the Batman thing. You yeah. Know? Yeah, but it couldn't be a giant killed my mom in the city. Yeah. Well, it could have attacked a city and done that. Right. However, that makes it hard to make the city your favorite terrain because you would assume that if that was your favorite terrain, you would have spent a lot a lot of time in there getting to know all the ins and outs mm. where I mean you if a giant kills your mom and you're, say, 28 years old, mm-hmm. that's bad. But it's not the same kind of life-building moment as if a giant kills your mom when you're seven. Right, right. At seven yeah. years old, you a city is not your favorite terrain. I don't care what class you are. Yeah, you 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 wouldn't have a favorite. The exactly. orphanage is your favorite Exactly. Terrain. <laughs> there is no... So, no, I'm with you. I think yeah. there needs to be some sort of synergy there, and that's between the player and the the DM to kind of come to yeah. that. And I think a lot of players that, you know, if you're going to grab a ranger, you're going to realize that, you know, your favorite terrain is going to be, uh, if it is the city, then, okay, so your favorite enemy is something that you would see, whether it's maybe goblins or kobolds that yeah. live under the city. Yeah. Humanoids. Some, humanoids, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. Going back, goblinoids are bugbears. That's the third oh, one that I forgot. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Bugbears, goblins, and hobgoblins. Yeah, could make a cool campaign. A gob, uh, just a fighting a against full, goblinoids. Yeah, a full goblinoid campaign. Well, it would be. Um, wait, you're saying the players are goblinoids as well? No, or, oh. no, they're just but unable to take advantage of that favorite enemy. Yeah, if it, it feels very um, Lord of the Rings to me. Yeah, the, the siege definitely. I'm glad that we got all that that ranger ranger rage out. Grimalkins are cool. Yeah. But they're really they're they're an accessory. Oh yeah. There's not much more to them. They're a nice purse. Yeah, they're a nice purse. They go well with your 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 pumps and they change shape in battle. Yep. That pretty much pretty much wraps that up. Yeah, I mean even fighting against them, I can't imagine it being that even with the shape changing ability, like but it does, uh, you can anything dies when you hit it with a sword for the most yeah. part. So. If you are doing that red wall campaign, though, you know, yes, it would be a very different. specific campaign. Yeah, where you would be.
be able to use that to its fullest, I think. Yeah. Or or you use it as your familiar and it turns into a hawk and, and gr- grabs the key or something when you your yeah. mage hand can't get it or whatever. Yeah, you need a lot of creativity, I think, if you're going to use that as your familiar. Mm. Because, it, like you said, it can't really just sit there and tank for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And if it sits out of battle, it sits out of battle. Like, yeah. Because in, in 3.5, the book that we're looking at, your familiar dies, you you lose experience and you take like a, oh. a stat penalty or something until you can resummon it or something like that. I forgot. That's Jeez. another reason why I never did like an animal companion or a familiar is because if if your familiar dies, like that's a serious penalty. That's... And 3.5 was, was brutal in a good way. Like I yeah. fully acknowledge that if you want a really harsh, challenging game, Three fives the way to do it. If sure. for no other reason, then you have to add a lot of numbers. <laughs> but but it's it's also like it's also a lot less forgiving. Yeah. When they went to four, it turned into a video game, and now at five, they're trying to to get that balance back. Yep. And I, I really I really do genuinely like where five is. I, I think five is is very well balanced. Yep. I um, agree. I agree. I. Uh... Yeah, I never realized that about three five and a familiar or a, or an animal companion, and that's just ridiculous. I don't. At that point, I would just leave it at home. There's yeah, no right. no benefit to having it out, especially at lower levels. Mm-hmm. You know, but if but I I don't if I remember correctly, you get like a ferret and you get a bonus to your your sneak rolls or, or something like that see they they depending on what you cho- choose gives you that bonus sure it's and it's it's different in four and it's different in five oh, yeah. so it's but they're ideally you're choosing the one to fit your play style to fit your of character course. so it does make sense to have them but you have to be cognizant of where they are don't yeah. get sloppy with it if your dm's a dick they'll they'll aim for it yeah or or if again if you're sloppy you're your DM could teach you a lesson, you know? That's it. And that's the, I think that's the problem with having one in that system is that it's bad enough that you're trying to not die yourself, but now you're, you're basically trying to keep that alive as well. Yeah. You're babysitting. You're babysitting. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. if your attention is divided again, we're, this is all based on whether your DM's a dick or not, but yeah. I mean, you're, you could be toast anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's, if it's messy, it's, it's one wrong one wrong move it's one one round if i forgot to move my my companion and it's gone exactly yeah. an aoe spell just yeah wipe can wipe that right out yeah at at 18 hit points for sure yeah yeah um so out of 10 how many hairballs would you give the grimalkin I think as far as an animal companion goes, I would give it probably a six. I think it's okay. it's an interesting enough animal companion, especially given its ability to shape change. It's got a lot of potential. No, I'm not. I don't. I don't even want to say a lot. It's got some potential. A decent amount of potential. A modicum of potential. A modicum of potential in the right situations and in the right hands. Exactly. I would. This is the kind of animal companion I would suggest for more of a seasoned player, for sure. 
Um, it, it would be kind of wasted on 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 a newbie. On a newbie. That being said, if we're looking at the Red Wall campaign, one hell of a boss. I would love to see that fight. If I if really would. Yeah, if you're going that way, I would say it's an eight or a nine. Because be really, I think really cool. It would be really cool. Yeah, and I I doesn't even necessarily have to be a boss, but I would I would equate it to like a displacer beast for your regular Absolutely. normal size. It would be um, so really challenging. Yeah, it'll yeah. be really interesting if you were going to take that that red wall or that that mouse guard campaign mm-hmm. and move it into a city, and have this be kind of the boss that is the the companion or the the pet whatever of mm-hmm. whatever is running that city. Oh, so it's almost synergistic between what an actual like a regular D and D campaign would have. Yeah. So this is the fat cat of the uh, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I was gonna say Secret of Nim. That yep, that yep. came into my mind yep. as well. <laughs> you could go. I was gonna go so Fraggle, many. Fraggle Rock as well. Fraggle yeah. Rock. Yeah, there's there's so many of them that where just the angry cat is the. Wasn't there a cartoon in the probably late nineties? It was on at night. And oh. it was mice and rats. It was, uh, I don't remember the exact name of it, but they were in like Washington. They were, yeah. Yeah, they were in, oh my God. And I can't remember what the name of it is now, but yeah, that's exactly. I forgot that they were, I thought they were test subjects like in um, Secret of Nim. I bet there were like, there was one who was like a At lab least, rat yeah. or something. Yeah. But yeah, they were in Washington. Yeah. Wow. What a stretch. If anyone out there remembers that, and and knows that name or knows what to Google to figure out that name. Yeah. Look it up. Let us know. Send us uh send us a message, moms at fecklessmoms.com, or you can go right to fecklessmoms.com and there's a little contact us page right on the on the front. Let us know. Also let us know your thoughts on the Grimalkin. Got any any creative cool uses for it? Or do you think it's a complete waste of fur? I think it's I don't think it's that far. I don't think it's that bad. I think a six Six to eight, depending on using it. I think that's a decent spread. Yeah, other animal companions would be lower on the yeah on the the rating scale, but I think this one definitely gets a boost because of its ability to yeah. shape change. Oh, I I would hands down without even thinking twice. I would sacrifice the like the plus two to perception or dark vision or whatever. Yeah, for that for for the shape changing and stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Plus the full sentience too. The awaken. Yep. As, uh, aspect as a dm would you allow that at, uh, in your game i would need a really convincing backstory to know where it came from okay i'm i'm 1000 percent open to any and all cool ideas as long as you can explain it to me hey me too yeah so that that works okay i think that's a good sesh for uh for for this week that was the grimalkin Monster Manual number two from edition three five. Come on back next week for another random monster from a random monster manual. And we'll see you then. I am Nick. I'm Matt. And this is Random Encounters. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Moans Audio Network.